guys, welcome to the Care Coach Lead Show. This is Andrew Frezza, and today I got an awesome guest today, Clayton McCullough, who is a coach for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He is also a member of Fit Town. So we're gonna be talking about what it's like to coach at the highest levels, and Clayton's got a really unique perspective on our business in the sense that he is a coach and he's a member, so he gets to see kind of how our coaches operate on a day-to-day -day basis. And, uh, and incorporate that into his own coaching and give us some feedback as well. So uh, welcome to the show, Clayton. Yeah, Andrew, thanks for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, so we actually shot this once before and lost all the footage. So we're reshooting it today. Um, but I enjoy talking to Clayton, so not a bad thing here. Um, but give us a little bit of your background of, um, you know, really, especially the sports and then getting into the coaching side. What did it look like for you growing up and everything? Yeah, I, I played collegiately. Uh, as a catcher at East Carolina uh, before getting drafted uh, my senior year by the Cleveland Indians. So I spent four years in the minor leagues as a, as a player, uh, a not so good one, which allowed <laughs> me to, in some ways it was a good thing, right? I got into coaching, I was like 26. So uh, I got my first job coaching with the Toronto Blue Jays and just a you know, minor league coach, spent nine years in their, their system, minor league manager. Uh, my final year there was a coordinator where I traveled around to our, our affiliates, um, before I uh, started working with the Dodgers as their minor league field coordinator in 2015 was my first year um, with LA uh, and just completed my first year's first base coach there so uh, yeah had some had some playing background and I can't believe it's you know I'm only 15 years of coaching now to this point so um, it's been it's been it's been a good ride yeah that's crazy so what's what's your current role with the Dodgers and what's what's really your focus with the team so I'm our first base coach, and what I pri primarily um, handle is our outfield defense, outfield positioning during the games, uh, as well as some of our base running uh, aspects. Our, myself and our third base coach, Dino Ebel, kind of tackle the base running. Um, you know, me being over at first, I, I do a lot of the looking at the video of opposing pitchers, uh, maybe their time to the plate, pickoff moves to provide information you know, for our guys on, on that end. Uh, so those are probably my, the two main things that I'm – you know, during the season at least, um, handling is our, our outfielders and, and the base running part. Um, so that's, uh, you know, I never played the outfield. So that's <laughs> been, a, and it was, it was quite, it was a big transition last year, not only the level, um, being at the major league level for the first time, but then also taking on a position coaching wise that, you know, I never played. So yeah. I was fortunate to have some really talented athletes uh, that also were good dudes who helped me along through some of the rough patches. Yeah, you're learning from them just as much as they're learning from 100%. you. 100%. Yeah, it's funny, I had similar transition of uh, growing up as a catcher and then playing outfield in college and pro ball, so. Uh, but I think once you're a catcher, I mean the catcher is really like the quarterback of the field and really almost like a coach on the field. So if you can do that position, growing up and through pro ball, you pretty much have a unique perspective on everything. Yeah, you know, you all, we sit back there as catchers and you kind of have the full, you're the only person on the field that sees everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of the, the messaging maybe from the, the coaches and, you know, you kind of are thrust into a leadership position mm -hmm. uh, somewhat by default just because of the position and the relationships with pitchers, what's required there. So uh, I, at least I think some of that time and experience, you know, kind of helped when I transitioned into, you know, being a coach and not a player anymore. Yeah, and this is your first, you completed your first year. We're about to hopefully go into spring training here soon, but that was your first year in this role, right? That, yeah, last year was my first year at the major league level coaching. Nice. So can you give us some insight of like how much 
how much coaching, how much analytics are out there, especially on this fielding side? Because I think years ago, baseball really didn't have much, but you see so much in terms of shifts and things like that now. How much are you guys like adjusting pitch to pitch, game to game, all that? Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's certainly uh, in the last, uh, it's almost like even the last five or six years, how much it's changed. I think, you know, a lot of the, some of the analytics and information from the front office coming down, you know, you think the Tampa Bay Rays were a, a progressive organization, you know, 10 or 12 years ago with Joe Madden, some of the shifting and our organization with the Dodgers, Andrew Friedman coming from Tampa. Uh, we were, you know, very progressive on that, you know, that as well, taking information and, you know, again, you're just, you're trying to hedge your bets as best you can. Like, I think it's, you know, talked about so much now, old school versus new school, but it's just, it's just a different way of looking at information you have and trying to put on the defensive side, how can we put our guys in the best position where we think is the you know, highest probability that a ball is going to get hit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and then so much information we have now is, you know, the pitchers, your pitchers baked in, the hitter, uh, the historical, um, you know, what they've done over X amount of years or plate appearances. And it's amazing, you know, you watch it play out in real time and how, uh, you know, accurate, you know, those things are. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely something that we're, you know, we're using, you know, strategically and then also developmentally, you know, with our athletes now, uh, you're able to provide them more, you know, targeted goals because of the, you know, the types of things you're able to track and, um, and follow. Now, data-wise, what are you using most? Are you using, like, when you get midway through the season, are you using that individual batter's season up to that point? Or are you mostly using history versus this pitcher because most guys have enough at-bats against this pitcher? Are you saying, what do they do generally against righties or lefties? Like, what's the, the most common data that you're using for that? I think uh, you try to probably, the, the more data you have, the more confident you feel in, you know, like you said, for positioning. So, you know, the individual pitcher-hitter matchup, usually the samples are so small that mm-hmm. there's a lot of variance there. So whether, you know, you look at the last maybe 365 days or the last couple of seasons worth of data, uh, you just feel, like, by most things, you feel more confident with the more data you're stacking on there. And then, like you said, some guys, their swings change or they've had an injury. Uh, your pitchers may have changed some. So I think some of the models that are, they, they get updated, um, you know, and, and we'll, you know, our guys are, are great about trying to back it up as much as they can. Um, just you just feel more confident with the data. Mm-hmm. So I think the positioning stuff, the more you have is the better, you know, where if you have a player that's new to the, you know, doesn't have a lot of major league experience, you know, you're drawn from minor league stuff, those guys, it's just, there's a little bit more yeah. up in the air there. Nice. And what is your, what's your day-to-day preparation look like and how much time is spent on that side for you? Yeah, I mean, I, as I found out, I mean, it's a lot, there's a lot of prep time uh, going into a, a particular game, you know, we're playing three or four game series generally. Uh, so, you know, we're, as we get ready for a series, it's looking at the opposing, opposing hitters and, um, you know, fact checking, like how we're going to position them, you know, against our, you know, particular pitchers. Uh, and then there's also, you know, you're look, again, looking through all the, their opposing pitchers for maybe some tendencies or some information there mm-hmm. for our base runners. And, you know, while you're in the middle of that series going on, it's, you know, you know in a couple of days you're starting a new series. So that definitely took me a bit of adjusting to, you know, you couldn't wait, or at least I couldn't at that point, wait for this series to end. And now I'm going to do all my work before this next one because they just happened too much. So a lot of time spent looking at video, um, you know, looking at, you know, on the computer, looking at um, spray charts and, uh, 
Uh, the other information we're getting from the front office. So it was just, it's just kind of constant, you know, one after another. So yeah, I mean, a, a lot of the, a lot of the day, say from, you know, noon to before we got on the field around three o'clock is, you know, the prep time for that night's game uh, or, you know, updating maybe something on a particular pitcher and then maybe it's, you know, what time to start trying to get ahead for the next mm -hmm. series. Gotcha. So it sounds like every time a new series shows up, that first game of the series, you're working right. harder that day and then you can kind of tail off a little bit for those two or three yeah. games of that series. That's always the hardest, like going into a new series. Uh, or, you know, you play a string of teams that either you don't see very often with much frequency or you haven't seen yet that season. So it's almost like it's fresh. You're kind of starting over, getting ready for them. Uh, and then the good parts are when you're playing teams in our division, which we play off in the Giants or Padres, where you, know, you might have a month where you pretty much play only those teams in your division. Mm -hmm. So the prep work, at least it lessens a little bit because at least there's some yeah. familiarity there and you know not a whole lot has changed in you know a month's time maybe you just played him a month ago you know it's just kind of just you know going back a little bit and refreshing yourself or trying to catch something that might might have been a little bit different from the last time you played him uh so those i call them breaks like it's a little bit of a break mm -hmm. from you know compared to when you're a string of just you know new team after new team yeah who's the hardest hitter to prepare for um, where you're just like, you know, we're just going to put them out there and kind of just see what happens. That's a, oh man, good, uh, I, well, I'm trying to think, okay, like in our, I mean, you know, like even like guys like, you know, we have like Tatis in our division, mm -hmm. Machado, and like yeah, our pitching guys would probably speak differently. What makes them tough is like they have the ability to like hit the ball to like a lot of different parts of the field. And mm -hmm. they hit the ball, the guys that hit the ball with like really high velocity, I mean, you're, you now need to be in a, a little bit closer of an area where you think it's going to hit because your reaction time and things aren't going to be as, um, you know, as great. The, the guys who have the ability to just kind of spray the ball around uh, are, you know, tougher because now you're kind of just more, you know, blanketing more generalized areas mm -hmm. than you are, you know, somebody who maybe this guy pulls the ball 80% of the time or like it's easier than to overload a little bit to, you know, one side of the field. So, I mean, the infield and outfielder, quite a bit different because most of the outfield it stays you know it's probably not as extreme maybe with some of the things you do like compared to the infield when you see three infielders on one side and the shifting um so you know yeah there's uh <laughs> there's some there's some good dudes oh, yeah. out there um so we've talked a lot about kind of the tactical side i want to talk a little bit about the human element and and the people and i would imagine that working with professional athletes just brings a whole nother level. You know, you have guys that are making, you know, very many millions a year, and then some that aren't. I mean, some that are making very good money, you know, the, the major league minimum is still great, but you're talking about two very different levels. And, um, and then you're in LA, I mean, which is, uh, you have some egos in, in general in terms of that area, not necessarily the team itself, but um, how do you think about kind of the people, human side of that, and how do you approach it? Yeah, I think it's, it was it was huge. Now I remember, you know, we go back to like again. I never played the outfit before, and first day of spring training last year, you look out and we have guys who have won MVPs and Gold <laughs> Gloves, uh, and have you know are very experienced and talented. Uh, and you know, here you are, you know, you know them some. Like I, some of them were in the minor leagues, had a relationship, but that was probably the first thing. Like you know, you need to build a relationship with them um, and try to earn their trust some. Uh, with look, I know I'm not I, I'm not going to come here with like certainly answers to like how to make you that much more skilled right now, but mm -hmm. I'll, I'll work hard, you know, and um, we can do this together. Uh, where the players in the minor leagues, 
my relationship with them was different. You're helping them along their way, like along their journey to, you know, become a major league player. And, you know, these guys were established and had won. Um, and the thing that come, they still want to get better. Like, you know, regardless of their stature um, or the success they had, like, you know, they're at the top for a reason because they're always looking to get better. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, guys now are not as, you know, what you do on the back of your baseball card maybe is not as important in coaching as it maybe used to be. And it's as much, well, can, if you can help me, and I believe that you can help me, um, then I'll hear what you, you, know, you got to say. And if I think you have my back. Uh, so that was the first thing was like just trying to, you know, build guys trust that, you know, I wasn't in this for me and this wasn't, you know, in any way trying to make myself look great or use it as a stepping stone. Like I'm here for, you know, our group of outfielders here in particular to, um, you know, try to get you guys individually and collectively better, help us win games, ultimately win a championship. Like those goals are the, you know, are the same hopefully for, for all of us that were there. Did you have any uh, ways specifically that you tried to build trust, whether it be like taking individual guys out for lunch or doing things with just the outfielders or any approaches that you did to try to build some of that camaraderie and trust? Tried, sometimes even started back in the winter when I um, was informed I was gonna, you know, get this position uh, at the major level, it was trying to, again, like start texting some, start calling like, you know, and not just jump right into, hey, I saw last year you didn't do this very well, or, you know, it was more just like, want to get to know you a little bit and for them to kind of get to know me. And I, I figured the least I can do is be consistent every day. Like, I feel like a, a pretty high energy person and like enjoy my job, which helps. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, going out there, like I'm going to be the same person every day. I'll be prepared. It might not be the greatest information a day providing. Uh, if it's not, and whatever we did just didn't go, you know, just didn't go as well, then like it's my job to come back and try to be better for the next day. So that was, so at least I can do is work hard and come out here prepared, you know, be positive. As you said, like even as talented and successful as these guys are, like there's a lot of pressure, pressure yeah. to perform each year and every year. And so um, sometimes they just need like somebody, you know, pat them on the back and like, well, you're, you know, you're doing great. Like, you know, yeah. you're the best in the world. Like, let's just go show it. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I think that that, that is your strength. You know, I see it in here when you come in, you always show up the same way in here and you, you show up with this mindset of wanting to contribute. Like you don't just show up, oh, I'm coming here to get my workout in. I'm coming here to get fitter for myself. But you can tell there's a, an energy and a way about you where you want to contribute to what we're doing, even though you have less stake here than you have, you know, with the Dodgers. And I think that as, as someone who's played baseball and has played hundreds of games in a year or across multiple years, a lot of that is just like not getting, you know, down on yourself, not getting in your head and knowing how good you actually are. Yeah, it's I mean, huge. That, I was like just trying to be a good teammate and like, you know, just be a good person. Sometimes just like when you walk by and just say, you know, you say hi to someone like, you know, if, I guess it's like if you make someone else feel good about themselves or like, you know, Pat them on the back, say hello. Like that, in turn, like I don't know, like you, you, yeah, you know, you get a little bit of like, um, you know, self gratification from that too. And so, like, I figured, like, that's just how I try to be as a, you know, as a person outside of my job. Then, you know, within the working arena, it's really not that much different. Because again, it's going back to like data versus the person. It's still, it's a human. It's all about the human, right? It's the human yeah. element, and it's about people. Um, so, like, trying to play off of that and. You know, God, you can't fake them. You know, you, you, know mm -hmm. you can't fake people out. So try to be genuine and, 
and guys will let you know if it's you know <laughs> if, if what you're selling's not working. Yeah, um, it's funny as you're talking. I see you know we we hire at Fit Town. We've hired throughout the years, and many of the coaches we've hired are from out of state. And them coming into here is very much you like you starting with the Dodgers in this new position. And how do you get a coach who's maybe you know 18, 20, 22 years old? to be able to effectively coach someone like you that's in their, you know, 30s or 40s that has been doing, you know, has been a member at our gym for eight or 10 years, has a sports background, a fitness background, and they now have to be coached by this 22 or 24 year old that might only have a few years of experience. And we talk so much about coaching being this collaborative experience and how much the first several months of them being here isn't about them coaching in a technical way the person as much as it is about them building trust, building a relationship, and really showing that they are on that person's side. They want what's best for them, and how they can facil facilitate that is the best approach. And, and it just sounds like that's exactly what you're trying to do. To do. Yeah, I mean, I think you, what you guys do here, I mean, some, and even like the hiring practices, when my former position as Marilyn Field Coordinator, it was like, you know, we were wanting to build a culture. And like, you know, you walk into Fit Town, and like, <laughs> if you hadn't, you know, if you've never been, and I remember myself first time walking in, you're a bit intimidated. Just like, you know, God, I've never been in a real structured like class environment. Mm -hmm. You know, well, there's a lot of really in shape people here. You know, you don't maybe you don't move as well as, you know, whatever it is. But like, your staff, like you're welcoming when you walk in. Like you, you can, it's easy to disarm a little bit of your, you know, um, fears and anxieties. Mm -hmm. And so I think you know you're probably looking for ingredients in a staff member that like fit our you know, our culture and we want it to be about. And I know we would do the same thing, you know, with the Dodgers, it was like, you know what, we're gonna bank on the person, um, that they're, they're curious, they're, they're open-minded, um, you know, they're, they ha they, they're energetic, they ha and what they don't know now, we believe that over time, yeah. and at least, you know, guided, you know, properly, they'll, they'll grow and they'll be, you know, great. Like anybody who's hired for the first time, you're not a finished product, you know, like, I mean, and even, after you've been doing it for a while, right? We're always looking mm -hmm. to how can we get better. Uh, so that, that was always like the fun part too, was like hiring someone new to come in. And it was, you know, we feel strongly about, again, this person's ingredients. And then hopefully they come into the culture that we're trying to, you know, create and they're a good fit here and, you know, will help us thrive. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's, it's very similar um, in that regard. Yeah. Now in terms of getting into you, you, you're starting to build trust from someone. How much of that coaching is you either bringing your unique vision on outfield or base running or whatever it might be versus you finding out from that person what works for them really well and then figuring out, okay, how can we bring that out? Yeah, I think it was kind of a little bit of both. I think going into it last year, I knew that you know, the, the athletes, outfitters I was working with are going to have, they're going to have more firsthand knowledge about than I am. Yeah, I mean, you have, you know, you I have just, Cody Bellinger really was, it, was an right? MVP the yeah. year before, that's right? right? Or two years ago? I'm like, that's right, a couple years ago, rookie yeah. of the year, MVP, Mookie Betts. Yeah. Uh, you know, so they've had a lot of success. And uh, some of it was just finding out, okay, what, what makes them tick? What are some things that uh, they feel like are helpful for them? All right. And then also, like, there's always a few, you know, whether it's, you know, Mookie Betts, who's at the top of his game, you know, Steph Curry, LeBron. I mean, those guys are always looking for, you know, a little something to get yeah. better, right? They go work on. So there's always a little, and, you know, it might be, hey, I, I just, I'm not feeling as great with this particular 
mm. you know, move. All right, well, let's go, let's go drill it out. Let's go, what are you not feeling? And most of those guys are so good, they, they lead you to where yeah. you know, they're wanting to go. And then it's just kind of being there as a facilitator to provide the environment for them to... You're almost, you're almost more like a sounding board in that way, more so than like, oh, I have this unique knowledge you never knew about. Yeah, right, because how is that going to fly? You know, they're yeah. like, yeah, right. Like, first <laughs> of all, you've never stood out here and actually caught a ball in, in 50,000 people. And like, yeah, you're right. So why would mm -hmm. I try to act like I have? Like, you know, now I, I watch and do think maybe this or that. What are you feeling on this? Um, and, you know, then like you said, that partnership it starts to, and it took, I mean, it took months. I think for even times like feel comfortable enough to, you know, maybe, you know, call a guy out for something. Like it just took time where you knew you feel like, you know, we're at a point now personally where there's respect on both sides and now, you know, can really start to dig in on, you know, or, you know, come at you in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. How much of, uh, how much of the fitness and nutrition side have people leaned on you for? Because I, I mean, you are definitely someone that leads by example with how you take care of yourself and and I'm sure guys see that right have they has anybody <laughs> asked you about that and how they can improve in that way uh yeah I mean I, we have like several staff members that you know are, are active and like to work out and you know we'll always be bouncing off hey what was your workout like today well you know mm -hmm. what'd you do or hey I'm, I'm I'm not really I'm struggling with this and they'll and they'll help out and we had a pretty cool thing going when I was in the minor leagues like you know might be spring training like 5, 5.30 in the morning and we might have 25 coaches that come in there, you know, and we'd all like put a workout together and, and go. And like you said, you can imagine, like some guys were, you know, they just needed the push. Like a lot of people mm -hmm. do just coming in here, right? Just the nudge and like no judging, no like, hey, we're going to max out on Wednesdays. And like, <laughs> if you don't hit this mark, like you're out of the club, you know, it was more like, look, I know it changed my life per personally and professionally by mm -hmm. becoming more aware of my, um, you know, I should say my lack of um, exercising <laughs> for a while and getting into it and how much better I feel. And so, like, you want that person yeah. to the same thing. Like, man, this journey I'm on is pretty fun. Like, just get in. Like, no judgment. If you need to, you know, back off here or there, don't worry. It's more, you said, just show up, right? Like, just come back tomorrow. Yeah. And, and then, guys, and you can tell, they start to feel more confident, right? I mean, some of it is your body changes some. You feel stronger. You feel more fit. At the end of the day, you have more energy. And you're like, man, this starts to become a bit addictive. And, yeah. and I want to come back for more. So it was like trying to set up, you know, again, like in our culture of staff, like, hey, how can we preach to our players that, you know, you need to be healthy, you need your diet matters, your nutrition, these types of things matter if, you know, on the other end, where the, you know, I can't, I don't do that. So it was yeah. like, can't be hypocritical. We need to kind of live it, you know, be an example. Yeah, baseball is such an interesting sport because you can, you can get by on any given day with like poor nutrition or like, being hungover or whatever it is, you know, especially I feel like all the, all the old time players have these like, you know, these stories about them, you know, Mickey Mantle played drunk or whatever it might be. And, uh, but really when you, anybody who's ever played and you go through the grind of a season, if you're not taking care of that stuff, you're just like, you know, slowly getting worse and worn down through the season versus maybe picking up speed and strength and power as the season goes on. Yeah, and usually you, start, you don't really, it's not important to you to get a little bit older, right? And yeah. you start, man, I'm a little more sore today when I wake up. Uh, when you're young, right, I can eat whatever I want. I don't need to sleep. I'll sleep when I'm tired. Uh, but I think that's it, like trying to educate, you know, guys like, it's about longevity. Like if you want to play for a long time and you want, you know, a lot of guys, money matters. And if you want to make a lot of money and you want to play for a long time, then what you do you know, in your early 20s is going to have an effect 
you know, in your late 20s or 30s. Uh, and it's not even so much just, you know, your body. It's just like the choices you make and the lifestyle that, yeah. you, you know, you choose to live. It's as much about that mental toughness and being locked in and focused as it is about the physical side of things. It takes discipline to, like, eat yeah. correctly, right? And it takes discipline to go to bed at a certain time and, you know, sleep and work out. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's important. Cool. I want to shift gears. I want to talk a little bit about your coaching influences coming up and, uh, and what you feel, how you've kind of tried to craft your, your coaching and your persona that you want to be as a, as a manager and a coach. So who, who have been your big influences, you know, any, at any point in your life and, and how have they influenced, you know, how you want to be as a coach? Uh, I was like, my, my dad was a college pitching coach at University of North Carolina, like the early 80s. So I grew up around the, around the baseball field there in, in Chapel Hill. Uh, and then he got into scouting. So he's just been, you know, in the game for a long time. And I think, you know, my, my dad, like, has always been a very hardworking individual. And a lot of times, you know, he's meant he missed games or he missed things. But, you know, like, that's what the job required. So I mm -hmm. think just watching how honest he's always been and how hardworking, you know, like those traits, like baseball or anything else, like, lead to being successful, or at least give you a chance, right? Uh, I had a manager in the minor leagues named Louis Rivera, who's currently still coaching with the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, and Louis was just like, always so honest. Like, I think he just like, always laid it out there for you, totally transparent with like, where you stood and where you were at um, you know, with things. And like, I think the more I've, I've done this, like, how important transparency and honesty is. Like, you know, guys want to hear that. They, they want to be given you know, that type of feedback, um, don't ever want to kind of get, you know, sandbagged. So I took that from Louie. Uh, and even go back to like my high school baseball coach, uh, Ronald Vincent, you know, I can't remember RV, like how, how to swing or like the, the technical aspects, it wasn't mm -hmm. that, but like the availability, like if you called him up on a Saturday morning, like, hey, can you go throw to us at the field? And RV would say, yep, I'll see you there at 1030. You know, like he was always there for us if we wanted to go put in the work. So it was like, man, if you can work hard, and you're, you know, you're available, uh, you're selfless, um, you know, and you're honest with people, like, I think those, at least those traits have tried to, you know, take into, you know, my coaching mm -hmm. style. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I want to ask about, about Louis. So you mentioned this idea of being like honest and transparent. I'm curious with him, how much was he like loud or aggressive or angry? Because sometimes what I see is like, People who are that way are like, oh, I tell it as it is. I tell it like it is. But what I found is that actually the coaches who are most honest and transparent with the other person and themselves don't really get super angry. They're just like, they just find a way to cut to the heart of what's really there. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, Louis on, on the field, like, I mean, passionate. Like, he's the kind that's like, you know, began very demanding of like how we were going to go about playing. Mm -hmm. Like, so you knew there was no if, ands, or buts. Like, yeah, we're going to play like corners. this. Like, <laughs> you knew. Like, if and if you didn't, um, but then when he, you know, he'd call you in for you know something. Like, almost sometimes you'd feel like you disappointed him. Like, mm -hmm. if he had to call you in and like, <laughs> you know, talk to you about whatever it was, like you felt bad because like, well, this guy, like, he's always had taken care of me and had my back. But he would just hit you with it right away. There was no like fluff and kind of around the, you know. Being around the bush, it was like, you know, here it is. Here's, here's my problem with the way things are right now, Clayton. You know, and now it's up to you to make a choice, you know, what you're going to do about it. But the information was just upfront, like, honest, to the point. Uh, and I think, you know, I've had those same kind of conversations with players. Uh, that's kind of the same way. Like, you know, 
got something, let's, let's hit it with it. And you know what, from there, like now, the, like, what are we gonna do next? Like, yeah. all right, how are we going to move past this? How are we going to help you um, improve in this area? Um, like that's, that's the whole thing, right? Our job should be trying to help someone you know, improve and giving them at least a pathway to try to, to, try to follow. What's the biggest change you've had to make? Like where, where maybe it's this, it is with like Louis where he gave you feedback. It's like, oh wow, that's a pattern that I've been running for a while that I have to stop that. Um, and it may not be that exact example, but like what's the biggest change you've had to make to either like how you show up each day or your coaching style or tactical? Like what's the biggest change that you can remember? Uh, I would say like a couple things. One, like my ability to like listen. I think, you know, I had to realize like the importance of listening and, you know, trying to, you know, sometimes sitting back in a room and not saying anything, you're like, well, if I don't say something, I don't interject, they're going to think that I don't have, you know, knowledge or I don't have, well, sometimes like, you know, what you say is most important, you know, people will always remember what you say. So being okay to just sit back and listen. Uh, and, you know, when you're, you know, working with other staff members, sometimes it's, just a, it's valuable just to, you know, you need to hear them out. And so the ability to sit back, and listen uh, to you know both sides of things, and then be able to you know have a more in-depth conversation. Um, physically, it was it was here. Transformation was probably like the end of you know like the fall of 2018, and I just had like my body just had gotten myself. I made every excuse in the book, Andrew. Like we all can, right? Yeah. Like I've just traveled too much, and my you know I don't have time for this. And I'd gotten heavy, and I just was I was hurting. I was sore, um, and. Uh, my, my wife and I, after that season, I mean, even pictures now looking back, it's like every once in a while she'll shoot me one, you know, and Jeff Albert and Ashley Albert, you know, were yeah. friends of ours and they were here and they said, you should come try, you know, the gym. Like, and it was just, you know, finding the right style of, you know, workout and the environment that fit us. Uh, and that was, you know, huge. Because again, I was living somewhat of a hypocritical existence as a staff member, mm -hmm. preaching on our players and staff the importance of, you know, this or that. And yet, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not living it myself. So it was like, I need to, you know, model the behavior as well. Yeah. Like those, those, those were important, you know, times for me. Nice. Um, what do you notice about being in this environment from the coaching side of things? You know, from, you mentioned kind of the welcoming environment that we have, but what have you noticed that has been able to shape you as a coach that you're trying to take with you or just maybe things that you're just paying attention to when you're in a class or in this environment? Patience is one. I mean, like even, you know, our, our players, their, you know, their, their window of time is, is small. Like, you know, you have, you're only going to play for so long, you know, and you have X amount of years to probably make some type of progression, you know, or the next guy gets an opportunity. But at the same time, like, you can't, you can only speed up the development so much. Like, thinking more crock pot than, you know, microwave, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, and that's how it is here. Like, this is, a little different because this can be like a lifelong, you know, change, yeah. you know, but still it's like, I'm not trying to win the race today. Like it's just, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to push the rock up the hill a little bit today, you know, mm -hmm. and pound, pound it some more and, you know, tomorrow and, you know, months from now. And hopefully the perseverance, you know, pays off, but like you, you know, you have to have some, you even have to give yourself some credit sometimes too for, you know, you just do the best you can today. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, your staff members here, it's, it's always that way, right? I mean, it's just, you know, let's just try to, you know, do well today, get you a little bit better today with mm -hmm. the long game, you know, in mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's to take a baseball reference. Like if you're trying for that home run, you might get it every once in a while, but, you know, you end up oftentimes getting discouraged. You might get hurt. 
things happen, whereas when you're just looking for singles and doubles, you're, you're making progress consistently and it just builds off itself. Yeah, and it helps in parenting too. I think, like, even yeah. like being a parent has helped me, I think, as a coach. Uh, somebody asked me a while back, like, what do you think, you know, parenting helped you more coaching or has coaching helped you more parenting? And I was like, yeah, that's a good question. Like, I, I'm not sure. I think, you know, parenting has given me a different perspective on coaching that while mm -hmm. it's my job and I love it and, you know, it provides us opportunities, it's certainly not the most important thing. You know, the, our kids and hopefully providing them an example um, is what my wife and I are, you know, trying to do. But then, you know, on the coaching side, you take that as well. Like, you know, it's not the end of the world if a guy, you know, it goes 0 for 4 today, or he makes, mm -hmm. you know, he makes an error that quote unquote costs us the game. Like, no one feels worse than that person, by the way. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so you stop take, looking at it as a reflection on me. Oh, I'm his outfield coach. Mm. So I look bad because this happened. Like, that person feels worse. And that's, you know, we're in this together. And this ain't about, you know, ain't about me. You know, it's, it's about us. So, like, trying to keep that, you know, that perspective as well. Yeah, that's good. I think a lot of, a lot of parents, will just kind of vicariously live through their kids and it sounds like you've you've kind of recognized that you don't want to do that and and that leads into your players as well if not like you're you're preparing the best that you can helping them prepare the best you can and ultimately it's on them to to execute and if they don't it's going to happen that's right we just go back and you know what are we going to do like the past you're never going to rewrite history you know it's all right what are we going to you know how do we use that for you know today and you know, I guess, and trying to like just be where my feet are, like wherever you're at now, having some, I don't like the work-life balance, like it's tough to, I think I always was like trying to find that. And then I was yeah. like, you know what, like when I'm at work, I need to work, like I need to, I need to work. Yeah. And then when I'm home with my wife and kids, my kids, are, and they're at the age, they don't, they, they really don't care, you know, that I have work to do, right? They just want you to be dad. So it's like, if you're going to be there, I try to be there, you know, yeah. as much as I can. It's not always easy, but like, I guess that's a working goal you know, trying yeah. to get better at. Well, it's, it's cool this year that you got to bring them along. They got to come out yeah. to the All-Star game with you. You got to coach in the All-Star game, which yeah. was a really cool experience for you, I know. Um, so you can talk a little bit about that, and then, and then we'll kind of wrap up here of just kind of like, do you have goals for the future? What's, um, you know, what have, been, what have been some of the good moments so far, and what are you hoping for in the future? Yeah, I, I think it was... Yeah, this year in a lot of ways was exceeded expectations. You know, it wasn't sure. I, now, look, I was fortunate, right? I, I'm on a staff of a team that, like, you know, is perennially very good. Like, we've had success. Mm -hmm. We're, you know, we have very good players. Uh, you know, the chance to go coach in an all-star game, you know, your first year, you kind of, I kind of, like, <laughs> just look right into that. You know, next thing you know, you're, you're looking around going, man, these are the best, you know, in the world on both sides here, you know, playing and appreciating just how talented, you know, everyone is when you're looking at that collection on mm -hmm. the field together. And then, like I said, to have my family to come with me there and, and see it. And, um, yeah, that part was, was really cool. Uh, and moving forward, you know, goals, I, I, gosh, I, I probably like even a fault maybe is that I maybe am not ambitious enough. Like, mm. I think there's, there's probably need some level of ambition, <laughs> you know, but like I try to think, you know what, I need to be, I need to be a better first base coach this year than I was last year. You know, yeah. I need to be, you know, I need to be, like I said, a better coach. I need to be, you know, better prepared than I was last year. And I think that's kind of where I'm trying to, you know, have my focus and not, well, you know what, in two or three years, my, my plan is to be the manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah. Like, that may or may never happen. And if it doesn't happen, then 
you know, am I going to look at those three years as failure because they didn't um, versus I just think I've always just tried to kind of keep my head down and um, be a little bit better from year to year. And, you know, hopefully those that I'm working with um, and, and around just appreciate the, you know, um, you know, the product and spending time with me. And I think that, you know, what, whatever ends up happening down the road is probably less in my control than I'd like it to be. Yeah. Yeah, and I think with that approach, you get to enjoy those moments along the way. You get to enjoy an all-star game for what it is instead of a stepping stone to a potential manager job down the road, right? You get to enjoy what was like an incredible experience. Yeah, I mean, because even our kids came out for the whole summer, which was great. My wife's a trooper, right? Dragged three, three kids <laughs> Man, out there. She's, she is insane. Oh, like, you know, when you're gone, she, you know, I'll hear, oh, they went to the Disney for the weekend. I'm like, we can't even do Disney with one less kid and two parents. <laughs> and oh, she does it with just herself and the three kids. It's, it's, I, I don't know how, like, to get them dressed in the morning, you know, <laughs> breakfast, lunches. So for her to, you know, take them across the country, give them that experience, too. Because, like, we talk. We don't know how long this will, you know, this will last. But, you know, hopefully this is some memories that they'll have. And we might as well take advantage of some of the opportunities that we're provided right now and go, you know, go enjoy it. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time for this. Um, I hope this is valuable for you guys to hear what that coaching approach looks like at even the highest levels and how similar that is to, to what we try to do in our, our gyms, even though we're not necessarily on this big stage, we still can have a big impact. So appreciate you very much, Clayton, and uh, appreciate you being an awesome member of the gym oh, man, too. You guys are the best, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. Yeah.